All right, welcome to another episode of Crypto Sense Podcast. This is Carlton CO2 Owens. We're going to dive right into part two. I'm not going to talk long. We're just going to let you just dive right into it. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, if you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, make sure that you go back and do that because you'll be doing yourself a huge disservice. Check out part one Cecil interview, and I'll have a chance to kind of do a recap after this part two it was you know I, I wish you guys were actually there in the room while I was recording the show so much um, was picked up that was outside of just the talking the the energy that Cecil has the passion he has for what he's talking about is just it's it's just unreal and it's infectious you understand fully why he's so excited because Literally, what he is doing is some of the most exciting, I can imagine, some of the most rewarding work that anyone can um, dream to be a part of. You know, it's it's very rare when you get an opportunity to actually do work and make money in the process and help people and have true purpose as to what you're doing and why you're doing it. This man knows exactly what he's doing. He knows why he's doing it. And you feel it. You feel it in every single word in this interview. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, make sure you go back and listen to part one. Then go check out part two, which which I'm going to put on right now. And I'll do a quick recap. And then we'll be on our way. Of course, the show is brought to you by JAFX. Brought to you by CoinSeed and Encrypted Apparel. Make sure you check out the links to get all that information in our show notes so don't move a muscle we'll dive right into part two of the cecil interview founder and ceo of ecampus our age mentality to prepare a bunch of robots who are going to follow instructions the world is no more like that the millennials they don't have time for that so our system is built to accommodate the millennials and when I say millennials, I'm not talking about just the young the folks. Kids, yeah. I'm talking from age one yes. to age 85. Yes. Because when you go to work and do corporate training, right? Yes. Uh, so a couple of consultants come, they train you uh, on customer service for three days at the hotel, all expensive. You come back in two weeks, you don't see any progress. So all the pamphlets, the handouts, they gave them, people live in their cars, they trade all over the place, they customize in front of you where you're supposed to apply the knowledge they've given you and your reference point is too far away from you. What if it was just on your app? Why don't we just reprogram that information, make it easily accessible? Even if it's a podcast and I'm driving to work and I'm listening to a podcast about a product I'm supposed to go pitch to somebody, why does it have to be PowerPoint all the time? So it's making people not able to meet their targets. Productivity is low just because they don't fully understand the product. But HR and training things, they've given them all the information. People don't even have time to read the employee handout. The employee handbook, people don't have time to read it unless they're in trouble. People don't read it. Exactly. But why don't you make it a podcast? So in a week, he's listening to it in his car. It's an illustration. He will get it. it. So even this mentality applies with the corporate sector. Yes. Make it easy for employees to interact and engage 
by sharing the knowledge you have within the company about your products, about your policies, about your frameworks, all right? And then what? Give them credentials for that. But, you know, they get points, yes. they go up and down. It's almost like a reward system exactly. within your organization. organization. And then when you hit the target, they will, you give them a reward. A spa treatment, an iPhone at the end of the year, and instead of putting your faces on the wall that employee of the month, so what? Give him something yeah, realistic. Something. You put your faces there because you're not really able to measure it. You just feel like he did very well. Yeah. But with eCampus, you're able measure. to measure it from the back end. Okay, he, he spent eight hours on this video. And that increased his sales from four products a week to 15 products a week. So you're able to see that this is the impact. You can quantify it. Not only can you quantify the impact, you can, quanti- you, you can finally... See, I mean, going back to your example... They have all these consultants come in, you're sitting in, in the room, and they give you all the information that they want you to, to, to consume. Exactly. Nobody's really consuming it. Because they're thinking of their targets. Right, okay? <laughs> but like you said, if there was a way to be able to take that same content, put it in a way that's more digestible, easy to learn, smooth, app, podcast, whatever, then it's something you can also measure exactly. that they actually, actually consumed it. consumed it. And then you can connect that to the appraisal system, the appraisal system, and 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 how well they're performing, and then you have a a system to reward that. Exactly. So that's what we're doing. So wow. we have enterprise group, we have uh, AFB Financial Services. They, wow. They they even use it for the anti money laundry exams and tests to get their license renewed. Yes. Uh, we have Premium Bank, uh, Star Life. So. For now, we focus on the banking and insurance sector. We're trying to move to the in the, the pharmaceutical, where they have a lot of compliance issues, or the agents need to be on top of that. And that's where we get some revenue for eCampus. But for the junior high schools and senior high schools, uh, we're keeping it free for now. Yes. Let them just know we, we need to have as much mm-hmm. more data yes. to be able to verify that when you have between 8,000 and 12,000 points, the lowest grade you're going to get is a C. Once we do that for four or five batches, we hand it over to the PWCs, the Ensign Youngs, and Deloitte and Touche, or, you know what I mean, or the KPMGs to what? Validate the process, audit it. Once we get that plus or five, plus or minus five variants, then I can put a big billboard and say, yo, if your son has 10,000 points on my app, that's a B. If it doesn't, I pay back all the money spent. Parents become more relaxed. All they need to do is, yo, let me check your e-campus points. Let me check your e-campus <laughs> points. points. Yes. Oh, mama, I got 40,000. Okay. I mean, so you're past the A, man. Um, I'm, a, I'm a 500. You ain't going to play ball today. Come, come. Make sure you get 10,000 points. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We need to make it easy and fun. Yes. We have to, right? we have to make education easy, fun, and cool again. Exactly. So that is what my interest in technology took me and I've been on this journey for the past 13 years. Wow, wow. Right. It's incredible. We've won a lot of awards with eCampus, fantastic awards with eCampus. We've, we've raised some good money, some you know, angel round money. So mm-hmm. We're preparing to list on the Ghana Stock Exchange as part of the Ghana Alternative Exchange. And that's pretty interesting. Now, what, what blew the folks in Silicon Valley's mind when I was there, I think I was at NASA, for about three months. Right. Uh, we won, eCampus won the Singularity University Global Impact Challenge with staff. Wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I spent a, a lot of time deal. there. 
So it was cra- it was crazy. We have the likes of Ella Max coming to mentors, uh, Peter Demandis. Wow. Uh, I do call it uh, a lot of there, a lot of folks. Very, 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 very complex. With the first lady who, uh, the first female who ever went to the space international space mm-hmm. station, all that kind of stuff. It was very interesting. Now, when I was in that plane, heading towards San Francisco, I asked myself, so what did this guy see about eCampus? To think that I can represent the whole of West Africa mm. with this product. Whilst we have Khan Academy in America, we have Coursera, mm-hmm. we have Udemy, you have Udacity, you have yeah. name them. Yeah. Kaplan, we have too many of them. What yeah. what is it about eCampus? Because I don't want to go there and look funny. Right. Right. Now, two months into the program, then I begin to realize what we've built. Right? A bunch of programmers sitting in Accra, right? We've built a world-class technology that has built in cultural behavior trends for a group of people. That was our unique selling proposition in Silicon Valley. That the app was built around how I felt growing up. Mm. You, you get it? Yeah. So it was it was built around my experiences. Yeah, experiences. If high school was this, yes. I'm sure I would have passed. So let's build a, the app that way. Yes. Yeah. You get the dynamics. We live in a, a community or a society where incentive is very very incentive driven. Even if I help you with your bag to the car, I'm gonna stand watching you. I spend a tip, right? Like I gotta give me something, like you know. Mm-hmm. But it could have a tank. It could have been enough. But then, no, 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 he wants yeah, something. something. So, if you want them to learn, you gotta give them something. It's just basic about society. So, why don't you build that into the technology? Right? Yeah. So, Khan Academy, Coursera, Udemy cannot move into Ghana, Africa, West Africa, and strive because they are not built for our culture. They are not built the way we think, the way we perceive education. Yes. Yes. Yeah, people are going to school just so they can get a job. Yes. So, what if I could give you a job now? And why do you want a job? Because you want money. Why do you want money? Because you want to pay for healthcare. Yes. Right? You want money because you want to buy food. You want money because you want to see a movie. Yes. So learn and give you a movie ticket with your points. You don't even need to go through the whole process, get a job, get yes. money, and then go buy a movie. No. So I just catch you up. I hope you get where, where we're going with, with this. And in that process, they're actually learning voluntarily without they're realizing they're it. Learning. They're learning. They're going through the process to solve immediate need not not really fully grasping that the learning is actually preparing them to be able to uh, uh, solve problems in the future as well whether it be for themselves or for for helping other people so so that is the whole mindset behind this technology and the fact that blockchain fits in perfectly was amazing because yes. we had we had we had we had played with several algorithms to get our reward system right. So when I first discovered blockchain, I think that was in two thousand and fifteen, mm-hmm. I had a blockchain. So immediately twenty sixteen, I co-founded the Blockchain Society of Ghana with Oman. Yes. We started build a community around there. We started discussing things, right? And we we're more concerned about using the blockchain distributed ledger for other things. Yes. Not just cryptocurrencies. That's right. That's right. So recently, we we collaborated with the Ashasi Design Lab, Ashasi University Design Lab, mm-hmm. and we organized the first ever blockchain hackathon. Wow. And it was 
the hackathon was focused on solving the problem for the Ministry of Trade and Industry, right? In partnership with the Association of Ghana Industries, we wanted to build a supply chain system where we're able to plug in the farmer, mm-hmm. right? The truck driver, yes. The delivery people, everybody into the supply chain. Yes. In the sense that if I am a pineapple juice manufacturer and I move into Ghana, I need pineapples. Yes. I need sugar. Yes. I need a lot of stuff, and right? Services. Services yes. here and there. Now, most of these big companies are importing everything. But we have a farmer who's got pineapple rotting on the farm just because he's not up to a certain standard. But you didn't tell him about that standard. So why don't we build a blockchain system, right? A, a supply chain system based on blockchain, mm-hmm. whereby when that contractor, the big company says, I need to produce orange juice. This is a smart system. Does orange juice require A, B, C, D? Okay, what standards do you want for A, B, C, D? Yes. Then he distributes that. Distributes that All the way to the down, down farmer. So the farmer knows that, okay, this is what is going to happen. This quantity, I can't. So once you take it, okay, I can do five. Then the rest is available to the next person. Oh, the truck driver knows that, okay, these guys have to go pick pineapple from here to go to this guy. Oh, okay, the guy doing yeah. the, the sugar also knows this. And once everything is done and the, the big company, manufacturer, makes the payment based on smart contract, everybody gets their money, including the farmer. So it establishes that the transparency, trust, um, um, the, the, Distribu- the, the distribution, distribution of wealth, right? Exactly. Distribution of wealth, proper protocol as to what is needed at this exactly. stage. Everyone knows. Everyone knows what's needed at each stage. So if you don't meet the standard, we all know it's not no, it's no. not bribery. Nobody no. went behind you. You just couldn't meet it. So you can even you can gladly meet. recommend somebody. Yes. You know what I mean? Who's on the exactly. chain? And everybody sees what's going on. Everybody sees what's going on. So we did that and we had five solutions. Five. These were guys who knew nothing about blockchain. Wow. Some of the, the training videos were done right here in my living room. They brought their cameras and I did a training video that showed them how to go about it, what platforms to use, Python. You can even use C Sharp to do it. Wow. Show them some scripts. And in just three months, Man, I was blown away. These guys were able to build functioning blockchain-based supply chain system. And, and the beautiful thing is, each of them focused on something. So some people focus on how to verify the categorization of needs mm. using blockchain. So like if you say you're going to do, you want orange, what size? How should it look? Ripe? Oh all God. that all the details the details yes. and others will focus on just the smart contract how does that happen mm. so we, we had two top officials from the ministry of trade and industry with us throughout the process and look i was on the panel that it was like this oh my god just looking right these guys ain't gonna build something that works it actually works wow and i was blown away that's incredible. Three months. Three months it took them to figure it out. Just three months? Three months. I had only four sessions with them. So what are you talking about? Why do I need to do four-year computer science degree for what? For what? When I'm solving real, real problems Real problem for the now. Ministry of Trade. Right now. An industry of the Republic of Ghana in three months. So 
I'm not saying don't go get a degree, but why wasn't this hackathon done yes. at the University of Science and Technology why as part of the first semester three months? Thank so you. they can build something for the Metropolitan Assembly of Kumasi. Yes, right now. Damn it. Yes. That's the issue. That's the issue. And I'm so glad that you hit on that because that's what that's what See, that's the telling blockchain oh, is not part goodness. of the curriculum. Like, yo, man. <laughs> listen, listen. And, and, and even uh, folks fine, that listen fine, to the fine, show, um, and, you know, I get questions all the time about, you know, cryptocurrency and this and that. But what, what a lot of people still don't get is they're still looking at cryptocurrency. No, it's just but one cryptocurrency thing. Cryptocurrency is just like a, a, a byproduct of blockchain. Of blockchain. That's the future of databases. That is the future. I explain this. I try to make it very practical when I go through all these interviews, right? So people get it. Okay, so this is a history. And I'm, I'm a database person yes, from yes, Microsoft Access. So I know what these things yes, mean. So take it from the top all the way down. In a database, what normally happens is you feed it with information. It sits there. If there's a problem with the information, you go back in there and you edit it. Is that about it? Right. Good. So... That's how your money at the bank has been managed. Yes. All right? Yes. So you sure. go, you deposit $1,000. The teller made a mistake and put it, what, 1200 They go back and they correct it right. and it reflects $1,000 again. Okay. Yes. For how long are you going to be trusting that teller? Not too long. So there was the need for a database system whereby once it's keyed in, it cannot be edited unless another chain is added to the block. So that when I, when I made a mistake of keying thousand two dollars instead of thousand yeah. dollars, that's a chain, yes. that's a block in the system. If I need to edit it, no, I need to give in another block. block. That's a, a thousand with a reason that oh it was a mistake first, and I yes. put the chain yes. together. So that when we're going to look at it, oh on seventeenth of July, he keyed in a thousand two hundred dollars. But he realized it was a mistake. So at 5 p.m. of that same 17 July, he keyed in the right amount, which is 1,000. And now it's a chain like this. Connected. So Connected see, like history. that. It's the history of that yeah, transaction. History of the transaction. Currently, you can wake up and go to the bank and they'll tell you, uh, sorry, sorry. Well, I know I, I put in this amount. No. Somebody went in and changed it. And once you have that chain, it can be edited. And if you want to hack such a chain, then you probably need a computing power that can power a whole city. Yes. Because these things are distributed. Yes. It doesn't sit on one hard drive. Yes. It sits on different machines all over the world. You have to do all different so, types of... You got to hack so many systems. Exactly. Before so you can do that. Yes. So when the folks got this database system correct, and they called it blockchain... They wanted the banks to embrace it, but they were like, nah, we can trust this. I said, okay, then you can, you can keep your bank. We're going to build our own banking system on it. And that's the whole crypto thing. That's the whole crypto thing. So they were just trying to prove to the banking system that, look, we have a better database that can build trust. Yes. And take out all this middleman thing. Yes. All right? Because now, if I put in money and I swipe my card, they need to go verify from another database at Visa. And then from Visa, they come back to my bank. And then from there, they take an ID from me and go to the National Identification Authority to verify again. So I get sent money, and it takes four days to get it. Which is ridiculous. You know, at, in the old days, it was just how it was done. 
But now that we know that blockchain is able to do all of this, in it's seconds. ridiculous to even think that exactly. you have to even go through that. So, to prove to the banking world that blockchain actually is a good database that should adopt, yes. the crypto community started their own kind of bank. Yes. Where, okay, you mine some few stuff on the chain and it will reward you with some coins or with some crypto. Or with, and there's so many cryptos these days. Yeah. All right. So, so if you look at the e-campus model, I'm saying learn and some points, and I reward you some cryptos. But my crypto is KFC. KFC it's a mail. Yeah. It's an Uber ride. It's a, it's a movie ticket. It's not a coin. Yes. So it's the same it's blockchain. Value, but it's value. It's the same blockchain solving. Because how how do I verify that you actually did yes. six hours? You actually have six points. Yes. So that everybody's aware. You yes. know, it's not like. You know, you're favoring some people. The yes. system is cheating some people. So everybody knows that, look, yeah, the guy, he actually deserves his Uber ride because yes. it's transparent. Or, he, or anytime he logs in to learn, anytime he answers a question, you get an upvote, the, the chain is there. So you can have a whole chain of history. So if I can print out that as my, what, cumulative assessment, and I'm looking for a job, and you also bring your community assessment for a standard university. I bet you're going to take the guy whose assessment is verified by a blockchain than the one who's verified by a bunch of lecturers who favor people, sex for grades, all that. You know what I mean? Favoring, all that. And then, because like you said in the earlier example, you, you're sitting in class, you're spending the time in the lecture, but who really knows if you really consume if you're really learning? Yes. So... Why wouldn't someone take something that's more ver- verifiable in terms of time, you know, testing, Credible, transparent. transparent? It just makes. So, I mean, it just makes yeah. sense. So I'm telling you, and this is I'm I'm, I'm happy we're getting this podcast done. I'm telling everybody in this world who's going to be listening to this podcast that by 2033, mm-hmm. 2033. If you cannot verify the skills you have in a more transparent and more credible way, I'm not going to employ you, right? Nobody's going to employ you because the companies of the future are going to be built by millennials who don't have time for old degrees and old PhDs that are not verifiable. Yes. Even today, if you go to the tech community, we don't employ based on degree. We employ, can you get it done? Can you get it done? What is your skill set? Can you get it done? Okay, uh, we need we we need uh, we need to write a few algorithms on Python to do a basic machine learning. You say you can do it? Okay, so I give you a scenario and I tell you to go home. When you get it done, you come back to me. And when you come back with a scenario, you come back with an algorithm that fits that scenario, you get a job. I don't care whether I went to MIT. I don't really care about that. Can you get the job done? And we're in 2018. So by 2033, that's been too far. Everybody wants to see, can you get the job done? Everybody wants to see if you get a job done. So how do you verify that, yes, I can get a job done? Oh, okay, I used the system to learn. I have this credential. You sure about it? Okay, let me verify that credential. Oh, it's verifiable. Oh, you did all this in the past. Okay, so can you try this for me? Wow, yes. I see, I see. This is, this is absolutely incredible. Talk to me a little bit about, just in closing, talk, talk to me a little bit about the conference that you just had you know, uh, this this past June. How did it go? What were some of the things that were so exciting, you know, for you to, you know, experience and see? 
believe it was the uh, Ghana Think um, the Ghana Thinking. You know, the Design Thinking yes. Conference. Yeah, design that 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 was amazing. Talk to me about it because that sounded so amazing. That was amazing. So um, the whole concept of design thinking, right? Uh, we have a, a group of people in Ghana who are trying to project that aspect mm. of thinking or that way of thinking around every product yes. or even the way we live or behave. And to be frank, uh, I think two years ago, I didn't even know I was using design thinking to develop e-campus and all the yeah. other products yeah. I have because uh, being able to design a product to meet the exact needs of your target users or your customers is design thinking. And the principle around design thinking is you don't have to do everything before you go test with the customer. No. No. So you build with the customer, all right? So maybe you have eight steps to get the process done. You take the first step, you break it into another three steps. And the one out of the three in the first step, you go test with the customer immediately to get feedback. And I promise you, by the time you're done with the three steps of the first step, right, the second step is really relevant. It's a whole new different thing that has to be built. Yeah. But if you had followed your first step, second, all the way to the eighth step, if you need a product, so you can't, you'll be disappointed. Yeah. So it reduces the resources you do, you, you use the time you spend, and it improves the product to meet the exact desire of the end user. Remember, you're not building any solution for yourself. You're building it for somebody. So why don't you involve that somebody? Once you get them involved early in the process. Practical as possible. So you can really fully understand who they are, what they need, and what, what problems you're trying to solve for them. In right. real time. In real time. So yeah. that's, that's the whole concept of design thinking. Being able to engage the end user. So I think one example that came up uh, during the, the conference was diapers. So diapers in china is a whole different concept around diapers yes than it is in the west because yeah, china they have this special court where the child as yeah. early as possible knows when to poo yeah so they don't need diapers yeah. and they walk around with that scat out so how do you enter such a market with diapers when culturally they just don't need diapers mm. that was tough for them and in china they have families of like three four the grandmother, because of the one chapel, they all live together. Yeah. So if it's, even at night, somebody's going to be up to even check him. Yes. So what do you do? Mm. So these guys did their research and were able to see that, okay, all the mother wants is that child to have a sound sleep, right? So if the child has to poop and you have to wake him up, clean him up, you're disturbing his mm-hmm. sleep. So in China... Diapers are promoted for something you use for a child to sleep. I see. Wow. Okay. <laughs> in the West, it's promoted as something you need to make your child feel comfortable and walk around freely. Right. Yeah. So when you watch the design, the same diaper company, if you watch the label and the design on the Western one, the child there's a happy child smiling walking yes. around the Chinese okay. one is a sleeping child. Oh wow. I see. So it's just but if you didn't do the research. <laughs> You need to understand the people. Or, or if you would have went out and, now and started making, doing the design. The Chinese, the Chinese yeah. market is giving them more money. Yeah. It took them 13 years to figure out that. I said it's so simple here, but it's so difficult. Design thinking. So the branding, everything is to tell you that you only use it for the child to sleep. 
That way, in the day, they still learn their traditional way of how to we poop without to. any support. But in the night, you don't want to be disturbing his sleep cycle. Yes. You know, he has to be healthy. He's such a baby. And they go like, oh, they love their baby. So they go like, okay, okay, okay. Then we get a diaper only for him to sleep. Design thinking. You get a point? Yeah, right. Now, like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of e-learning apps. So my talk at the design thinking conference was, uh, why reinvent the wheel? And we said, why not? eCampus did it with design thinking. So if you look at our, our competitive, anytime we be doing a pitch, a competitive slide, we're in the middle of more than 300 different solutions. Some focusing on preschool, primary, high school, vocational, adult learning, corporate training. Our app fits all that needs. All right? So... We, we, we've designed a platform that is adaptive and responsive to any learning needs. Because we don't want to say, okay, we're going to compete with Kaplan within the higher education space. I don't want to do that. Right? And I don't want to say, okay, I want to compete with Udemy on the adult learning space. No, no, no. I don't want to do that. I don't want to say I'm going to compete with where, what, Decon on corporate training. No. I want to be the alternative for all those guys who cannot afford any of them. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Which is a huge market. It's way, way market. You get the folks. folks. Exactly. Because it's if you look at it, how, can you afford a couple of? Kaplan is expensive. You know, I exactly. Take Kaplan. <laughs> just, just give you a quick story. I had to take Kaplan for my to prepare for my law school entrance entrance exam yeah. at the time and let me tell you you might as well say you need to get a whole nother school loan exactly. to be able to, to do that I mean, to really prepare for in fact i think they actually offer loans mm-hmm. to pay for capital so whole economy on its own so i'm gonna compete with kaplan but then kaplan can attract up to let's say six percent of the total law students Population, yeah, right, yeah. and some people are gonna be like, okay, I just can't do law anymore. But I want that guy saying, I just can't do law anymore. Say, oh, why don't I use eCampus? It's like a quarter of the price of Kaplan, yes. and even that, I can have blockchain to check my credentials, yes. and I can actually convert my points to real things. Yes. If I change my mind along the way, that I'm not going to do the law again. I can actually yes. convert it to a healthcare, you know, insurance. Yes, you can get something <laughs> out, out of it, the, out of the time. That time. Wow, the same for vocational. The same for preschool, the same for corporate training, because at the end of the day, I'm not dealing with the institution, I'm dealing with the individual. The individual. So that individual, what is their aspirations? So we're building product to meet the aspirations of our customers and all their needs, because they don't even know what they need anymore. All they have an idea about is their aspiration, right? He aspires to be a doctor, yes. but he doesn't really know he needs to be a doctor. And you would never ever become a doctor anyway. Yeah. And that's his aspiration. So that's which influences his decisions and his spending. Yes. Although he would never become a doctor. But that's where his expenditure goes. I want to get it. That's design thinking. Think about the aspirations. The aspiration of anybody who wants to go into cryptocurrency is to be able to what? Be able to make some huge returns on it. Because yeah, they did hear that wow, Bitcoin is like a thousand, four thousand dollars per one dollar. Whoa, 
per one bitcoins about eight thousand dollars yo if i had invested early the aspiration is to just and then what i don't want to hear is it's falling yes right so if that's your aspiration he might never become a billionaire through what cryptocurrency or bitcoin exactly. but that's his aspiration so why don't you build solutions to meet that aspiration of the person yes so that's the whole idea about design. And they get and 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 they still walk away with the knowledge, and they still walk away with something. Something. Be and, and, and and they feel like okay, I, I met my self-esteem. Like yeah, this is what I want. I want. I got it. I got it. I got it. Like I said, I want to do this, and you made it possible for me to get what I want. So if you look at the education space, right? What is the aspiration of a student? What is the aspiration of a teacher or a lecturer? So on, on eCampus, we are what we call eCampus fellows. So these are teachers, or you can teach anything. You can teach about crypto, you can teach about how to cook food, uh, we have people teaching piano and everything. Teach the world something you know. And we share the revenue with you 50-50. Oh, wow. So you go through our process of content development, which is a bit tedious. You'll be able to go through that, verify your content, make it available. People scroll through, they see your face, they follow you. All right, once again, that was just an amazing, amazing bit of content so so many things to talk about so many things to unpack i can't do it all i think i may even do a show just to highlight all the the jewels that was that was dropped in part one part two and soon to be part three which you'll get tomorrow but what i will say is just keep honing in on this idea of education having to be disrupted and blockchain is here to disrupt it because the fact is is that the jobs the economy the way in fact we are able to feed our families is not going to be based so much on going to college and learning just for the sake of learning but it's going to be learning something that's actually going to add value to the modern society and the things that are needed in technology and that's the bottom line. So when he talked about you have to speak, you have to first start with people's aspirations. What are the aspirations? What what exactly do they want to get? And for most of us, at least initially, you want to make money. You want to make money so you can be able to eat, maybe. You want to make money so you can be able to go and do things for your family, support your family. So the way that we've all been conditioned to do that is to maybe go to school and go get a good job but that's old school now the new school way of looking at tackling your aspirations is figuring out the skill sets that you need to actually find a way to make money on your own terms you know i talk about this a little bit in the cryptopreneur piece right um which was a couple of shows back is what blockchain and technology is now allowing people to do even more is to jump out there in this entrepreneurship realm and become something that they may have not had access to becoming you know in the past economy but now we're in the future economy so CISO really tackled that and so many other things so look we got part three we're going to round up this week with part three, which I'm going to drop tomorrow. So make sure you, you, you guys stay tuned to that. Again, if you didn't have a chance to listen to part one, check out part one. 
and of course let this part two really sink in as you get ready for part three all right so once again um thank you guys for supporting me in the show i've been getting so much love um from from the the whole world it's not just the u.s but the whole world so i want to thank all my fans and just all the support that i've been getting and just continue to listen we'll just continue to put on these shows thank thank my sponsors of course for allowing me to do this and um we'll be back at you with uh part three with cecil the founder and ceo of ecampus so until then holla back